The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. Welcome to the show, everybody. Now, before we get into uh, today's shenanigans, which we got some shenanigans today, let me tell you. We do have a bit of an announcement, so, you know, hold on, sorry. <laughs> I had to sanitize. <laughs> <laughs> Am I dragging this was, out? Was, was that the announcement? Uh, yes. Uh, my hands are now clean. Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, so we have an announcement to make. So as you guys know, we do this show purely solely for fun. You know, this is this is for us. We do this with, with you know, Joey and I. Uh, we get our creative kicks out of doing this, and I get a slight therapy session <laughs> out of it a little bit. It's free. You know, so that helps as well. Um, and John and Kenny also get to you know let their creative juices flow. So it's is there's a lot of great stuff that comes out of this show. However, we don't make money off of it. It's not part of our uh, financial gain in any way. So unfortunately, sometimes real life will get in the way. And so because of that, for the time being, um, just assume this is how it's going to be from now on. It could change. I'm not going to, you know give you guys any specifics or anything because i don't know but um for the time being we're gonna have to change the release schedule of the show so instead of it just being every week it's gonna have to now be every other week so for example like you got this episode right now that you're listening to next week we'll have nothing but the week after we'll have a show for you guys what we'll be doing in those off times we're not really sure yet I mean, obviously, you know, we got we got stuff that we got to take care of. Obviously, we still want you guys, we still want to engage with you guys and everybody that listens to the show. So, you know, we'll probably get more active on social media. We've talked to John and Kenny about possibly doing something. There's there's options out there, but for the time being, this is just what the show's going to have to be. So, um, and on top of that, too, we still have like 70 plus episodes. Um, if you're new to the show, we have so much more stuff. We got stuff on our YouTube channels that you guys can check out. We'll probably have some more stuff showing up here at some point, coming soon, coming later. I don't know when, but we should be having some new stuff at some point. And, uh, oh, and you know what? This is a cool thing. The radio drama from last year, initially, when you go to the Halloween episodes, all five parts were not there, but the fifth part came out, so now... Um, if you go back and listen to those Halloween episodes, all five parts are there. So you can go check that out as well. So, but you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. And, you know, some good stuff is happening because of this, um, in our, in our regular lives. So just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Other than, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, I'm, no, just, to, you know, just to add to that, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of fun doing this show, but you know. Got to take of take care of uh, real life shenanigans um, first, but you know we do we are planning on other projects in the intervening period as well. You know when we'll and once we have more concrete updates on that, we'll let you guys know on our socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our own Twitters. You know all that stuff. 
So we'll keep you guys informed mm-hmm. as as this goes along. Outside of that uh, little tidbit, um, how are you? I'm fine. Not much is real. I don't want to say not much is really going on because there's lots going on, but nothing that I feel that's like really worth acknowledging on here. Other than Allison started Ted Lasso, she loves it. She's on season two of recording this January 16th, and I'm very happy about this development. <laughs> that does sound like it would be a big highlight for you. Mostly for you. I'm sure she. I'm sure she's fine with it, but like, I feel like for you it's like, <gasps> so exciting. Yes, it is, it's, it is very exciting, but also just to Skype Allison, because that's been a while. Mm-hmm. Because your schedules don't line up anymore, right, or something? It really, it really don't. Because by the time she's like, "All right, I'm, I'm out of work. I'm ready to fall asleep." Honestly, that three-hour time difference kicks you right in the nads. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oof. But you know, we're making it work. That's all. That's all you could do, right? It's just, that's just life. Just try to make it work. And then she watched Vertigo. We watched Vertigo together. She'd never seen it before, and she enjoyed it. But she, it was definitely a movie she needed to process. Especially the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, she listened. She watched it because she had never seen it, and we tend to do spoilers on our show. Pretty like, you know, <laughs> I feel like we should have like a spoiler warning <laughs> as part of our disclaimer <laughs> for these for these movies. But whatever. Yeah. But yeah, she watched it. She enjoyed it. But she's like, "What is what is this?" Um, but that's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, that's cool. So- sounds fun. Yeah. What's going on in the life of uh, Ricardo? Um. Me or Matoban? You. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Listen, I'm never not a silly bastard on this show, I think. It's just my nature, I guess. Well, at the moment, I'm, I've been in quarantine for... I think it's been over 10 days, I feel like, now. So I'm still kind of locked in my house. Though, I did just take another covid test and it came back negative mm-hmm. so so that's nice um i do want to get more concrete evidence so i'm not just like leaving my house willy-nilly um though technically according to the cdc i'm fine to do that now but or at least fine to do that with a mask not that i wouldn't wear a mask anyway but even so but i mean if 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 that's legit then you know hey i'm negative now so that's nice you know obviously i'm still gonna feel some shit as time goes on but not that I've really felt anything to begin with. The only thing the only thing that really I feel like happened outside of just general sinus stuff, which just happens to me in general, it's happened to me right now, um, is uh, shortness of breath a little bit more. Not like intensely, but like I could tell that I was getting a little bit more winded mm-hmm. than normal. Right. That could also just be general like unhealthiness. <laughs> so... Yeah, so the the boost ultimately it just it tells me the booster is working. So that's good. Uh yeah. Other than that, um, just been getting a lot of movies. I got a bunch of movies in the mail, um, not that long ago. Uh, I got what was it? I need to look over here. They're sitting next to me. Um, I got Us, King Kong, and the Invisible Man remake on 4K, but all the cases were broken, so I had to get a new case for all of them and then uh, i also got the back to the future trilogy in 4k so that's i haven't i haven't sat down and fully experienced it yet but i'm excited to watch it um in that format um i got uh i got pirates of the caribbean in 4k 
which uh, has some controversy for being a lazy transfer, and I can confirm that that is the case, which is so unfortunate. Not even just a lazy transfer, but it's just a bad transfer. It yeah, it's like the there's it's super dimmed and it feels so desaturated and there's like small moments of like genuinely like good 4k moment like like periodically you'll see like a shot and we're like oh this looks good or oh this looks good but then the rest of the time it's just like everything seems muted i guess i'll just keep my f- it, my 15 year old blu-ray set it looks fine like it's funny because like i watched that before i watched the 4k just to get like a refresher and then it just made me think oh man i missed the de- like the blu-ray uh, menu for Pirates of the Caribbean was awesome. This is just a skeleton, like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you you want to watch a movie, or you want to go to the menu. Here are your choices. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but... Um, no, it's, it's kind of unfortunate, but I have it right here in my hand, actually. It's just, it's so cool that this exists, but at the same time, it sucks that this exists in this way. Yeah. So... I don't know. If I was Gore Verbinski, I would be livid. Mm. Outside of all that, no, I've just been just chilling, relaxing. Um, I'm excited. I've been thinking a lot about the new Scream movie. And uh, obviously, I'm I'm not seeing it at the moment because I I couldn't see it when it came out because I had COVID. Right. And now I'm probably not going to see it because I don't want to get it again. Yeah. And then some, some dick on Twitter tried to spoil it for me. I don't know if it was legit or not, but it was just rude yeah but no that's that's more or less it uh what's going on with my life to get into the actual episode though uh i feel like this deserves some context because this is kind of a weird subject (laughs) admittedly because we've never really we've done videos like this or not videos we've done uh episodes like this where we talk about three movies but we've never just focused on like the sequels so on that note, I feel like there de- the context is needed. So especially if this is like the first episode you're ever listening to of the show. On that note, I'm so sorry. Um, if you want to watch part one, if you will, uh, I believe it's episode 37 where we talked about the first Matrix. I'll put a link. Um, I'll put a link to it in the description of this episode, so you can uh, you can check that one out. But you know, overall, I like the Ma- the Matrix. It's um, I mean, I'm, I know you loved it. I know you're a, you're a big fan of the first Matrix. I, I really like the first Matrix. Um, it's not something I really grew up with, but you can definitely, if somebody who's just a layman, I can appreciate the influence and just how culturally how culturally relevant uh, it was and continues to be. Yeah, here's the here's the gist of that. So obviously, we we talk about the Matrix. We talked about it with John Wick is like a Keanu Reeves episode. And so at, around that time, we'd known that there was going to be a fourth one coming out. And I was telling Joey that at the very least, I think even though the reputation of these movies aren't great, he should watch the two sequels before the fourth one comes out if he has any interest. And what was your response to that? I want to do a weird, <laughs> really weird challenge for myself and just watch the fourth movie without the context of the other two movies because i've never seen i had never seen reloaded or revolutions i'd seen bits and pe- like clips because people parodied them mm-hmm. and all that but i never seen those movies so when i watched re- uh the, the fourth one i didn't have that background no 
he did not i and the funny you know what i was thinking speaking on that note because again like i I keep thinking about the new scream movie and i and i've been like egging you on to watch the scream sequels as well i'm like oh god is he gonna do the same thing i i honestly (laughs) i honestly might (laughs) i I know i know you would well you know what hey if it means he he watches them eventually i'm okay with that (laughs) but yeah so that was that was uh that was the method to which you watch these movies um and so it was a very unique experience and it sort of came out like in an interesting way i guess but we'll talk more about that obviously so how we're how we're structuring this is also a little bit different so not only are we just talking about the sequels normally when we talk about three movies we do like the first movie of the trilogy that we're talking about and then we talk about the the sequels following this time around though we're doing it different so for this first half which might come off uh long depending on how long it takes us to talk about these um we're going to talk about the first original matrix sequels and then for the last half it'll be entirely dedicated to resurrections so just just you know just throw that out there as well having said all that joey even though i already spoiled it what is our first movie this week well our first movie is uh the 2003 uh wachowski's uh wachowski sisters directed (laughs) matrix reloaded yeah (laughs) so i want to start off with you on this one because again as we've established you don't have like the nostalgia because i feel like if you ask anyone that's into the matrix the nostalgia comes from the sequels yeah because the first movie as much as like people like me you know, say we love it, whenever we think of Matrix, guaranteed it'll be like, you know, any image or imagery or anything involving the sequels. Because, I mean, I, I don't imagine a lot of people initially, I mean, obviously a lot of people saw the Matrix, but um, it was the sequels that kind of cemented it a little bit. So, but for someone like you who has no real nostalgic connection and having watched it in the weird manner uh, that you did, what was your takeaway with Reloaded, I guess? Tell, tell, tell me how you feel. There were definitely things that I was, um, I was definitely very much expecting, like the extended fight sequences. It's basically mm-hmm. exactly what I thought the first movie was going to be. Exactly, right? Because that's, again, that's the nostalgia. And I always hear people talk about, oh, I watched that fight on YouTube out of context. And I think the thing with this movie is, like, it makes me think of the Peter Jack... The, oh, I would say both... Re, uh, reload and re- revolutions in a sense it makes it like a peter jackson's king kong where there are pieces that are really great like the the king kong versus mm-hmm. the, the v-rex fight in the king kong movie is kind of awesome and king kong fighting all sorts of things and going on a rampage in new york in the peter jackson one great but as a whole it doesn't quite work and mm-hmm. especially in the case of this one i i just i found it hard to care about a lot of things i cared about neo and and trinity and 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 morpheus which is ultimately what you what you want at the end of the day as long as as long as you care about those characters then you know i guess you you could get through most of it like i liked uh as far as like new i liked link uh link link's good fun uh jada (laughs) (laughs) are you talking about niobe Niobe. jada was that yeah yeah um no, she was good. Who has her own video game? On that note, I uh, Enter the Matrix, which is sort of like a weird spin-off sequel. But anyway, go on. Yeah, I mean, there, there. But this movie, 
it was it was just a lot of fighting and it just felt like a lot of we have to go to this thing and then we have to go to this thing and then ultimately we have to do this thing you know and a lot of that centers on um a character that i have a, i don't want to say boda contention with but is more of just <laughs> more of just a a, a a ludicrous dislike of yeah and I, it's funny because like you met this character in a very different way initially yeah <laughs> um uh do you want to you want to talk about that Uh, your disdain uh so the character in question it should be noted um the character in question is a is uh the merovingian or the frenchman as he's called in the movie or as joey likes to call him that french guy that french guy listen and i have no problem with french people it's just he was just that french guy to me like it was just that one person, all right. Like, <laughs> uh, like I, sh- I should say, I I love the four hundred blows. I love Breathless. There's a great uh, the rules of the game genre. Like some great French movies out there. Some great French actors out there. However, this guy, I I think, and it's not his fault. It's just I think I think the care. I I just like it's totally just what these two movies specifically are. Where it's like. Oh yes, philosophy, philosophy. Ooh, hoo, hoo. I am very smart as I drink a martini or something, and you take philosophy, <laughs> philosophy one hundred and one or whatever, and, and then fight, 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 fight. <laughs> and and that was the part of the movie where everything else was like, I guess, fine. And that was like the the part where I was just the least invested. When he was talking about cause and effect and the in reloaded cause and effect, I'm like, I'm not in fifth grade. Stop it! <laughs> you didn't want to. You didn't want to see his demonstration where he put some weird like laxative in a cake and then sent it to a stranger. <laughs> 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 like what a weird like super villainy thing to do it's like a jar of pee it, it is um, <laughs> but he, he was just he was just very strange uh mm-hmm. the key do you prefer him as like a crazy homeless I, I man preferred him, i preferred him as robin williams in jumanji yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Because oh it literally, uh, I, I don't want to get too much into Resurrections, but it literally feels like that meme where it's like, what year is it? <laughs> what year is it? Um, I will say uh, there's that rate, that rave scene where everybody's dancing. Yes. That's in this movie, right? I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. The rave scenes in this one. That's in this movie. The, the cliffhanger at the end of this movie was a big like, oh shit. I, I'll say that much mm-hmm. with, uh, with a, with the agent Smith thing. Uh, which I thought was um, kind of interesting. I actually liked how that, even though the fight scene for him and some of the other shenanigans were a bit ridiculous, I did like how it works as sort of they are like a mirror, you know, Neo and and Smith, where Neo right. Neo is is the one, right? And then you have yeah. Agent Smith, who <laughs> he can make is not the is one, not the one, but but, <laughs> but there but there is like he's like a guy that he can make a bunch of himself. A bunch of ones, you know. Uh, There's more one than than, than your one, you know. But what? Uh, but the third act I thought was like was actually kind of entertaining in in certain places. Um, mm. I did like that that freeway chase. Uh, that was actually pretty. That was yeah. That's actually an exciting um an exciting sequence. The the scene with the architect I thought was a lot of fun. Honestly, 
right like okay so like the the bit when he goes into the uh like the room with the tvs mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know that one got parodied in one of the scary movies with george carlin oh really i think and like like the only thing i can ever remember about that one scene is that instead of him like smoothly turning around he like does he moves his feet <laughs> like, like like Fred Flintstone. I think and then he just talks about how lonely he is. See, I think what amuses me about that scene is just the TV showing the different like different neos expression. Yeah, that was um, that was actually kind of rad, honestly. And I'm like, okay, that that's kind of something. I'm like, this is interesting. I'm kind of intrigued. But like, but like everything leading up. I'm not gonna lie. When we were watching it, like. I just kept thinking, like, especially when we got to the third Neo fight scene of four, like, that almost, like, felt, like, consecutive. Um, it was, like, at that point, I was like, I don't think Joey's into this. <laughs> you know, like, some some of it feels like those, like, those Star Wars, like, fight demonstrations you see on YouTube. Or maybe think of the Star mm -hmm. Wars prequels where impressively choreographed, and they might have some good things here and there, but it just, I just don't care. Like, why, why am I... Yeah, it, it, it's you know like there are fight scenes. I, I love a good fight scene, and sometimes yeah, you could just have a fight scene that's a fight scene. But at, at the very mm -hmm. least, you know, a lot of things should be based in character and stuff. And there's probably an argument to be made about that, but I just didn't get that right on, on my end. Um, but you know, I'm sure like, and that's not me trying to like take that away from anybody who really enjoys these scenes or. The hard work that the men, right. the men, women, and all the people who work on those fight scenes, you know, listen. That's just how you felt. It's just how it's just how the emotional reaction I got was kind of whatever. And I would enjoy this if more if I just went on YouTube randomly and watched the video outside of uh, watched the fight scene outside of the context of the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. I did like the. I know. I know you want to get. There's a lot of stuff you want to say with the, with this movie, but I, I I'm sure I liked uh, I, Zion. This is what I'm zeroed in on, though. I I just I just like. This is, I'm enjoying, the French part made me just die, so. <laughs> and again, I have to emphasize, I don't have a problem with French people, it's just. <laughs> just, this dude is a poor representation. It's a poor representation of France, is what I'm trying to say here. Yes. As somebody who's not at all French, you know, but. Uh, but you were I, saying, you like Zion? Zion? The Zion stuff was actually kind of interesting this time around, like, mm -hmm. um, in a way, I mean, obviously, the last movie, you know, you're just you're you're getting so much information in that first movie. You're trying to get set up, and you're like, ooh, ah. And uh, this one, it's like, okay, I get more of a context. I get more of a reason, like not a reason why they're fighting, but you get more of the context to the battle. You know, the, of of mm. humans, humans versus machines. You know, and all that. Uh, I liked Seraph. That that that's the one dude. Yeah, um, who's just a program who fights. And is like a password thing. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't uh, truly know someone until you fight them. <laughs> I also like how, like, I didn't even realize it till watching it this this time. But like, there's so many characters in the movie named after video game characters, specifically like Japanese. Like Seraph is from Final Fantasy, I believe. Link, obviously, and his his uh, <laughs> his girlfriend's name is Z. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's Zelda, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I probably couldn't have done Zelda, because that would have just been too on the nose, I think. Listen, you know, you know, maybe if it if we weren't in, like, because this is, like, 2000-something, you know. Because, like, I think about mm -hmm. back in the day when people were just like, hey, I'll just reference this. 
I'll just throw this in there. And it's like, oh, we'll just have a good laugh about it. <laughs> Whereas t- today it's like a whole full acknowledgement and it could be a potential lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> There'd be a whole sequence that is just a reference to something. Um, like a, a good 10 minute scene. This is just a reference. But that's that's really, those are really my, ma- my main takeaways from this movie. But uh, okay. I want to hear fr- from you because you're, out of the two of us, you have obviously the, the nostalgia for this movie yeah i saw this in theaters mm. with my dad and i remember i remember him going i remember when it said to be concluded he went ah <laughs> <laughs> like i i don't because this was also like during a time i was not familiar with like the trilogy format because i like how I, I hadn't really seen you know a lot of other movies that sort of had that cliffhanger part like an empire or anything like that or even like lord of the rings i didn't really watch um at this point, I believe I didn't watch any of the Lord of the Rings yet. Mm. Um, so, because but I was invested in these movies because I liked the first one, and so going into uh, Reloaded, um, I had no—I didn't know if I had—I didn't know if I had any inkling that it was a trilogy. So when it said to be concluded, I think I was also like, "Oh, <laughs> just conclude it now. It's fine. Just do it. I'll save for another two hours. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but." With these movies, like, um, again, like, a lot of the, like, aesthetic nostalgia, I think, comes from these movies. And I think, for me, most of my memories from this is, like, like you were saying, like, a lot of other people would just, you know, watch the fight scenes. And so, like, I would watch, like, the Neo fight scenes, and that would be, like, it. Or I would watch, uh, as far as, like, watching the movie as a whole, that didn't happen near as often. <laughs> and obviously I'm like a 13 14 year old kid so of course I'm like immediately like oh this is cool this is so cool and even now like watching the fight scenes they're awesome but when you watch four fight scenes in a row with the same person and he barely gets hurt and it feels like there's no stakes that's when it could just be boring mm. and so that's when you just kind of like let down a little bit because you're like because again yeah like you see like obviously all this work and time and effort was put into these fantastically choreographed fight scenes that are beautifully shot by the Wachowskis um, and the director of photography on those movies, Bill Pope, who I'm a big fan of. But at the end of the day, it's like, it you, like the conflict is gone. Like, you, I remember watching the first Matrix and, uh, you know, when he fights Smith, you feel the danger. Yeah. You know, he's coughing up blood. Um, he's, he's hurt. He's in pain. He's, like, covered in dirt. Um, and... I feel like with these next ones, they kind of forgot that. And I, and I understand maybe like narratively speaking, you know, he's the one. So, you know, he's like in God mode or whatever, or like he's fully upgraded <laughs> as uh, you, you in like video game terms. But, you know, when you lose that sense of danger, then I think you lose a lot of that intrigue that you could have had. And so maybe they felt they they can sort of get away with doing four consecutive fight scenes and so what i what i would have liked is um if they like put other people in those fight scenes Mm. maybe and like and like saved neo for like the bigger stuff or i don't know or have like you know more people be affected by 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 the actual like fight you know because like when you watch when you watch like a superman movie you know superman can barely get hurt but you care he cares about the other people 
So it's like, yeah, there's that, that. So it's like, it's literally him catching and trying to save like a million different people at once. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think, you know what I think part of it is with these, uh, especially like two and three, I think about like a season of television. Okay. A first season, you spend probably a long time trying to make that pitch for a TV show. You get greenlit, you get a successful first season. And then the TV network is like, okay, we like this. We're greenlighting you for a second season. And you don't, it's cool, but you had a lot more time just pr- thinking about and proposing <laughs> the first thing. Now, yeah. I don't want to speak for the Wachowskis or anything like, like that, but I imagine mm. if I had to get, I mean, I imagine that's also the case for other franchises as well, where it's like they have like a nice successful first movie, yeah. but they had a lot of time to make that first successful installment. And then they're suddenly, oh, you're tasked with like making these other, um, you know, making these other sequels. And I'm sure they might have had ideas, or am I wrong in thinking that? Um, I'm not entirely sure, if I'm being honest. Because, like, with these movies, they, like, with this and Revolutions, um, their intention was to do, like, a back-to-back kind of thing, similar to uh, Back to the Future or with the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So they did um, those two movies together. So they probably planned... So they were planning out two movies. Mm. So I would hope that they had enough time to to plan all those out, you know, consecutively. I think for me with Reloaded specifically, there's again, it's it's, it's cool. I agree with you. It's it's cool moments peppered throughout. Um, and I think especially now, I think I appreciated other things more than I initially did when I was younger. Because obviously, I'm all about the fight scenes. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Mm. But like, you know, I appreciate. Um, uh, I especially appreciate uh, Neo and Trinity and their relationship because, like, you believe that they're in love with each other. I love the bit when uh, uh, Link and uh, Mouse, I think, is the one kid, or whatever. No, not Mouse. Whatever. Uh, the 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 one kid that shows up periodically in the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like when they leave and then like the moment Neo and Trinity are alone, they drop their bags and just like make out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you you can clearly tell they were struggling from the moment they got off the ship because they just wanted to be together. Yeah, and I like and, oh I like is it yeah is that, is that reloaded where the, where he takes out the bullet or takes that uh, yes at the end I yeah I love that I love that. That's just great. Like that third act was so much fun. It was just a lot of that middle stuff with with the French guy, with the Merovingian. <laughs> the Merovingian. Like I, the funny thing is, I kept forgetting. I kept forgetting what his character name was. So I thought it was like the Medi- the Mediterranean. <laughs> which is and awful. then like the 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 weird thing is that I guess they're vampires, which is oh, funny because like, oh, but you know what? That, oh no. Sorry, like those ghost twins, whatever the hell they, they, they were called, like they looked like yeah. like white chicks, but not the white chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Sean and Marlon Wayans, but as those two. Twins. That was like the one thing I remember seeing as a guy. I was at a friend's house, and they had that fight scene, one of those fight scenes on. And I remember these guys. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> there's it's it's such a weird idea but i kind of respect it for them just going you know what what if we offhandedly have the oracle mention vampires werewolves and aliens (laughs) and then 
subtly referenced the possibility that the characters that hang out with the Frenchmen and, and, you know, everyone around them could potentially be that. Like, the two guys watching the the Hammer Horror, like, vampire movie, and then uh, one of them gets shot with a silver bullet. It's like, oh, so they must be werewolves. Okay. Oh, and then, um, is it, is it also this one? I, I, I keep, I just want to make sure I'm getting my things away, because it's been a couple, been a while since we've watched these, but... Is Monica Bellucci's like the one that wants, uh, wants like the kiss from Neo in this one? Yes, and I'm like, yes. Listen, because I know there are people who don't want romances and stuff and things. They want, uh, you know, uh, it's not, maybe not a fair attack on those people, but like, I th- I was like, I was compelled. I was like, oh, oh, Trinity, don't like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> like Trinity's like, excuse me, excuse me. You know what's funny? She shows up in the video game, like the Enter the Matrix spinoff game. Yeah. And with the and does that exact same thing, so like you could play because you could play as either Niobe or you can play as uh I don't know the actor's name but Ghost who's in the who's in the Matrix like he's typically with Niobe in in the in Matrix Reloaded, um but his character's name is Ghost and so you can play as either one of those characters and at one point you do end up going to that house where the Merovingian lives mm-hmm. and you run into Monica Bellucci. And she does that exact same thing. She's like, I'll let you go through if you kiss me like you were kissing your lover. So there's two separate scenes where she's she's made out with Keanu Reeves in the movie. She's made out with Jada Pinkett Smith. And she's made out with this other dude. So it's just... <laughs> her whole shtick is that she just wants to kiss people. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I want to go through that door, Monica Bellucci. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm volunteering to go through this door. I'm volunteering by all you. means. <laughs> like I'll go through the door. Oh man! I, I don't. I, I will prove my love. What if it's for you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but um, yeah. Man. Um, but no, I I definitely I, yeah. Any listen, anytime Monica Bellucci, she's it's the second movie she's shown up on our show, and the second time, I guess she's with vampires. <sighs> my gosh that's right but i do prefer gary oldman to the frenchman and both have keanu both have keanu (laughs) and both times it's like sexual yeah man what energy what energy oh but you know what's crazy about this movie too is that it is still one of the highest grossing r-rated movies of all time yeah is it what number? Because like it's Joker's one now, right? Because that beat out Deadpool or whatever. Joker, didn't it? Uh, Joker's one, uh, Deadpool two, and Deadpool are two and three, and then The Matrix Reloaded is at number four with uh, seven hundred forty-one oh. million dollars. I thought. Wait, where's Passion of the Christ? Passion of the Christ. Uh, I mean, I think Passion of Christ might have a higher number domestically. Ah, uh, okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, like yeah, um, but. Like Matrix Reloaded is number four, and then Matrix the other um the other ones like down somewhere. But like it's like the the fact that it was the biggest like R rated movie worldwide for a while, mm-hmm. you know. And th- this is at a time where you didn't have like 3D and you didn't have as many like premium format screenings as you do now to like inflate ticket no. prices. So you know, it was it was literally just going off the fact that people love that first one yeah and so they're like oh let's let's go let's go another round 
Um, and speaking of going another round, so obviously this Reloaded and Revolutions were shot at the same time. Um, and with Revolutions, it feels like sort of a typical conclusion. But similar to Reloaded, um, I when we were watching it, oh hold on, no wait. Uh, similar to, Re- to to Reloaded, I want to know how you felt about Revolutions. Well, I feel like I feel like lately there's a few opinions that I read online. Right, the matri- the first mm-hmm. Matrix is the best one. Reloaded, upon revisiting, is pretty good, and then Revolutions has a more dicey reception. Typically, yeah, is from what I see. Like you, at, like I feel like the people that are very nostalgic for Matrix, I feel like have more of a soft spot for Reloaded. I think, yeah. And on that note, this is off, somewhat off topic, but uh, another sort of big, at least a big Wachowski fan, is someone we both love, a uh, uh, YouTuber, Patrick Willems, who did a whole video talking about how t- how to restructure the Matrix sequels to make sense. Mm. So um, that's a video worth checking out if you haven't done that. But anyway. So Revolutions, I thought this one was going to be the worst one, right? Like you, you were ready for it to be like poop, and I was especially worried because Reloaded, I I wasn't really like, oh my god, with. So I go into this mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, this has a, <laughs> <laughs> like this has a lot of dumb stuff, but I kind of mm-hmm. like I think that my 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 review of it was this feels like it was directed by a 13 year old boy, and I honestly respect that, like. <laughs> Because I think about, like, the, the t- this comes out really with the fight scene, the big fight scene with Neo and Agent Smith, right? It's a huge, huge knock'em, sock'em it, robots sequence. It's, it's, it's literally, like, so intentionally epic that it's somewhat comical, but you love it at the same like, time. Like, there's the, the shot where, where, like, it's just silly to see these guys flying, by the way. Like it's listen, fight scenes when you're flying will always be silly. I'm starting to think. I I, I don't know. I think it's even silly with these guys because they're wearing like nice clothes. Like it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing if you look like a dork like Superman, and I love Superman, so I say that affectionately. <laughs> it's another thing when you're Agent Smith and you're flying and you have lightning striking behind you. You're just a dude in a in a in like a nice business attire with, and then. Yeah, like that was um that scene was a lot of fun. And even the the, mm-hmm. the battle for Zion was great. And I don't I can't, listen, I couldn't tell you like half of the people that died or lived <laughs> in Zion. All right. I know Well, Mafune. There's Mafune. There's Mafune, and I would imagine you only know him because of who he's named after. That that's it. Yeah, I can't I can't tell you, but what? I I was I was like, oh man, I hope these guys succeed, which I was not expecting at all because I like the first movie, the second one, I like the third act of the second one, but it's got the French guy <laughs> and it's kind of dull at points. <laughs> and the French guy's only in one scene in this one, so that's already it's a already a bonus. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this movie is just a lot of fight scenes, and I, one thing I really respected. This doesn't, I, I don't think, I don't know if this gets brought up at all, but like, so typically, like, I would imagine with like, I think about like a Star Wars movie, right? And you have mm-hmm. like the, the cross cut, like the cutting of like, okay, sometimes you're going to have the scene with like Ray and Kylo Ren, and then you'll have the scene with like the resistance at large and Poe and all those guys, you know, which makes right. sense for most movies. But this one, this movie had the balls to like just stick on those Zion people, even though most of them are not like, 
they're not like most of them like if you're like somebody who's just going to see these movies you're going to see it for like neo and a lot of the like big people i imagine yeah you know but they spend a lot of time with those people on zion and i'm like wow that's actually kind of you know what you know what the funny thing is too i think from at least from my from what i my understanding is that again a lot of people that watch reloaded going into revolutions i imagine a lot of the disdain comes from the zion stuff because from what from my understanding, um, the typical opinion is that most people don't tend to care about the Zion stuff. Because, like, even, like, going back to that Patrick Williams video, he talks about how he found Zion boring and ugly and didn't care about the characters and whatnot. Um, but I think that was sort of the, 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 the flip the flip for you. So that probably helped your viewing experience going into the, the third one because it does take place almost primarily until that end scene in Zion. Like, it's almost, it's bookend by Matrix scenes, but then, like, the whole, like, middle of the movie is just Zion. Yeah, it, it, I, I think that's, and I, I wouldn't have thought that going into these movies. Like, I would have thought I would have leaned the way Patrick Willems does or what other people do. But, mm. yeah, like, I was, like, surprisingly, like, like when, the, when those ladies, like, miss, like, when, when their launcher misses, I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> and then like the the sentinel things which it should be brought up the sentinels for uh for a uh, computer generated effect from like the early 2000s looked phenomenal they look great like there was ever there was rarely a moment and, and a lot of it again lighting matters so much um it's just whenever you see them you're like completely just freaked out you're not like at any point going oh this isn't real like i'm like ah yes when, when when Neo is blinded, but is still able to to see, I can see you. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> but and then when 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 Neo has to confront like the the the, the robots in that one seed, and it just looks like a baby face is talking to him. <laughs> Speak. You know what's funny? Like I didn't make the connection initially, but when I watch Resurrections. Um, and the company he works for is Deus Machina. That's the name of the, like the machine thing. Oh, really? I guess. Oh, from Revolutions. Okay. So I'm like, ah, oh. right. No, like that was. I think that was something I appreciated a lot more is that the stakes felt like more important in this. Like we were talking about with Reloaded. Like with Reloaded, there's so many like just really cool moments and fight scenes. Like we didn't really talk about it with Reloaded, but like, um. I think a good I think a good metaphor for the 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 fight scenes in general at least at the like the initial four neo ones um I think is perfectly represented in the Agent Smith fight because you start it off and you're in, I'm into it you know it's I think it's like the second fight in the movie by this point or the third fight in the in the movie and um you know it's 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 fun you're seeing him fight all these Agent Smiths and then it just it's still going and then there's added CGI, and it's very noticeable. <laughs> and and like again, it's fun, but again, it's just it keeps going. And so it's just and Neo's not feeling like he bleeds in one of the fight scenes, just so that the Merovingian could be like, you see, he's just a man. <laughs> Much to Joey's detriment, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> anytime he talks, it's like. Just like listen, just give him, <laughs> ma make him more useful, or something. Give this poor <laughs> actor something more to do. 
Give him some meat, all right? You only give him a bone. I like the train conductor guy, though. Yes, yeah, and he's been in a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. that actor, too. Like, I, he, he's in Mad Max. He's in uh, Road Warrior. I remember that. And he's he plays one of the Australian hunter dudes in Ace Ventura 2. I remember that as well. <laughs> and he's in uh and he's in Revenge of the Sith. Yes, he's the dude uh, as soon as you said <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, that's the, the funny part is that the one the one way I could get Joey to recognize him is by saying he looked like an alien. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I remember him. He was on Utapau and he talked to Obi-Wan. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of funny i'm sorry uh, um but but like yeah so like you have all these fight scenes and it's just kind of like fun but you don't feel the tension then you go to this and they're on zion people are dying um like i think of the bit with mifune like in the in the cool like pandora-esque you know mecca thing um which i i, I liken as the evolution uh when you go from aliens Two with uh with Ripley and the like, the the weird lifty thing that she fights with, mm-hmm. to this with uh, the machine guns, and then to uh, Avatar with the those mech suits. So the, the evolution of mech suits, folks. There you go. Um, but that bit when uh, he's just firing the guns directly at like a swarm of Sentinels, and it just goes past him. He's getting sliced up and cut up, and it's it's emotional mm-hmm. a little bit. And so you you feel you actually feel the fight scenes and you feel the moments in this, in this movie. Like even, I love the bit and not to bring up the Merovingian once more, but I love the bit when, um, uh, the, the Merovingians, like, if you bring me the eyes of the Oracle, uh, then you will, uh, you can have Neo back. And then, and then Trinity's like, I don't have time for this shit. I love that. (laughs) And then, and then she's just like, listen, you either give me Neo we're all fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah. See, I, I, I respect that. I respect, like, that, listen, I think that's a better deal. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we should we should definitely uh, mention um, the Oracle, mm. um, which um, this is a very unfortunate situation that, uh, so essentially, just to give you some context, um, if you've seen the original Matrix and obviously Reloaded, um, the Oracle, um, what are the what are the actors' names, Joey? Do you have the Wikipedia up at all? Uh, yes, I do. Sorry, give me a second. Uh, Gloria Foster in uh, the first first two movies. Gloria Foster, um, she plays she plays the Oracle in the first two movies. Um, so obviously, the thing is, they're filming Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions back to back, and unfortunately, within that time. Um, Gloria Foster passed away. I believe she uh, passed away from diabetes um, in the middle of filming. And so, uh, and who was this? Who was the actress in Revolutions? In um, in Revolutions, the actress is Mary Alice. Mary Alice. Um, Mary Alice took over the role of the Oracle um, in that one, and so is is incredibly unfortunate. But I think they both do a great job. They they both bring their own thing to the the character of the Oracle. Um, obviously rest in peace, Gloria Foster. Um, and it's, it's it obviously like my first thought that I think of is like, like other, other movies that have had to deal with similar situations where like they had to go into like a third movie, like obviously Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. um, with star Wars and, and what they, what they did with that. So like, obviously 
you know, the, the show must go on, I guess, but as long as they can honor the memory of, of the actor in question, then I guess, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. I also think about it too, where people think about like, like things that make sense within universe. But I, Mm -hmm. I also feel, and not to like, not that it needs to be justified because it really doesn't. It's just like, listen, we had a recast, but like in the matrix, I feel like it kind of makes sense because, you know, people can probably change some, you know, because I think about that with with resurrections, how Thomas Anderson, you know, uh, looks like, looks like some other dude. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. Um, I think they're both great. And I was thinking about this at the end of the movie when, when the Oracle, uh, and the architect at the end. And it's just like, with Santi. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's like the Oracle is just this, this, this black lady is very kind, compassionate person. Then there's this angry white dude who is just like, (laughs) (laughs) who is his whiteness is emphasized by the fact he wears an all white suit. He looks like Colonel, like, uh, like serious Colonel Sanders. (laughs) He looks like Colonel Sanders' older brother who invented a computer. Colonel Sanders' (laughs) older brother who fought for Dixie. (laughs) Yeah. But I I also, I also just want to say too, this, like, because when people talk about, like, movies that are back-to-back, they usually put out the movie, like, a year later, maybe, like, Mm -hmm. the next year later. This got released six, was it six months later or something like that? That's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Yeah, like, it's a very short window. I think people just really wanted to know what happened next. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we can't wait. Just give it to us. Just please. Um, but no, it is sort of strange to think about that. Because, like, I just remember walking out of Matrix Reloaded to be like, when's the next one coming out? And then the next one came out, like, not that much long after. I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Wachowskis. I appreciate it. Because I think about that now with, like, the Avengers movies. Like, you know, Infinity War Endgame, like... They came out like mm-hmm. a year, a year apart, um, and you know so many other like Pirates of the Caribbean. They came out a little le- like less than a year apart, but they were still like one was in two thousand six, the other one was two thousand seven. It was a lengthy amount, lengthy enough amount of time. Yeah. Whereas with this, like it's literally just boom, boom, um, and it's it was it's pretty wild to think about because like I I probably am not able to comprehend that though at the age that I was when these came out because I saw both in theaters, but. I'm probably I'm probably thinking it felt like a year later when the second when the second one finally came out. I'm like, ugh, yeah. I waited so long, and now in retrospect, it's like, no, <laughs> no, you were fine. Just shut up, little Richard. Oh, Richard. Um, not the singer. <laughs> no, no, oh my god, <laughs> not the singer. The, oh god, I love the singer. He was my it was one of my favorite parts of Casper as well. <laughs> See, and I thought me <laughs> trying to back, backtrack with the Merovingian was bad. <laughs> mine was accidental okay uh, it was sorry it was <laughs> sorry i do love little richard is an icon yes um rest in peace as well mm-hmm. um but there was one, the most important thing i think we got to talk about and i think this would be a great lead into our the second half of this episode neo and trinity yeah because this is ultimately um the 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 crux of the of these movies as much as people might not want to believe it but it's true especially with these ones, I'd like to think that this movie is is in a lot of ways about those two characters and what they feel for each other. And, because, uh, like, I remember watching the first one, and I watched it again before, before watching the sequels. Um, like, you can kind of tell maybe there's some sort of, like, romantic thing going on between them, but it's not really anything that's established till the end of the movie. Um, but then, 
in this one, like you immediately are like, yeah, they're in love. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want to be with each other. They do nothing but think about each other. I mean, hell, every decision Neo makes in the movie is for Trinity. The architect tells him, listen, I'm giving you two choices. Choice number one, you go through this door, you can end the war tonight. You go through this door, you can save Trinity, but your chances of winning the war are slim to none. Guess which door he chooses. I mean, <laughs> and how could you not, too? Because, like, those two characters, like Trinity and Neo, are incredible. Yeah. And especially Trinity. Trinity, you know, obviously Neo gets, you know, I think enough has been said about Neo, honestly, because he is a great character. And it's just interesting to see, like, his trajectory. There's a whole video game called The Path of Neo, for crying out loud. But Trinity, as a character, is is also just incredible. And I love that with that with that fourth one, which we'll talk about, how they sort of emphasize her importance a lot more. But no, that's what these movies are really about. And so watching it this time around, with you especially... Um, I really felt the the impact of the relationship, especially when he like takes the bullet out in uh, in in the third one, and then in the fourth or not the fourth one in the I'm mixing it up in Reloaded when he takes the bullet right. out, and then in Revolutions when uh, she dies, she full on dies. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's it's so it's so upsetting, but you're like at the same time you're just so happy that the two of them are together doing this. Um, and I also got to mention, uh, I I don't even think about it until the, sh- the scene happens because it's just kind of wild to think about it. But like these characters have never seen the, s- the sun before. <laughs> and so like when they go into the clouds and you see like a beautiful sky and Trinity's like beautiful, like, Oh wow, that's a, yeah. Cause they've never seen the sky before. Yeah, it's making me think of gargoyles. Um, you know the Disney show where the the gargoyles, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're awake at night, but they can't. They're they're stone in the day. But there's a scene where a character dies, like in like an alternate future thing, and they're a gargoyle, and they're like, "I can see the sun, Goliath. It's so warm, <laughs> and it's such a like for a kid show. It's so upsetting. I feel like there's a lot of scenes like that too in pop culture. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just the. Which hey, you know, if you could see the sun have a warm, like fuzzy feeling before before passing on, why not? You know, it's a nice way to end. Even like I think of the scene in Black Panther, even though it's not like because of the sun, but when when Killmonger sees like the 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 Wakandan sunset before he dies, you're like, oh yeah. But no, like that was the that ended up. I mean, I think the 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 Neo Trinity relationship, and it could be because of having watched the fourth one. Um, that ended up becoming like my favorite thing of the whole series, and it was. I guess I was kind of disappointed in retrospect that it wasn't as emphasized. I guess, like it was emphasized. Obviously, it was important thread through the whole thing. But I, I, I guess I wish there was a bit more to it. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard because there's so much, like, going from one place to another, especially in Reloaded, and there's a lot of, like, fighting and revolutions, and that's kind of mm-hmm. like, we're, you know what, I think this is a good time, I think you might agree with me, to take a pause yeah. on these on these first two Matrix movies. I think that's a good, I think that's a good idea. Um, we're going to take an intermission, and we're going to plug ourselves back into the Matrix after this break. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. Now, we are moving on to the latest entry in The Matrix franchise, the 2021 film. <laughs> I don't know why there was a pause there. Um, the, 2020, the, the, the 2021 film... The Matrix Resurrections. Matrix rebooted. Nah! <laughs> Joey! It's been a while since he scared me like that. You know what, Richard? I have to call you. I have to call you one big old sabebe. I am a big old sabebe indeed. Sabebe? <laughs> Sabebe's a rock, Zoe! <laughs> <laughs> I just popped in my head for some reason <laughs> i don't know listen that's all it's all that's going on my twitter feed right now are people scalping the the figment popcorn bucket <laughs> the the rocco uh shenanigans and people debating whether or not you should watch film like films intended for family audiences on a plane i don't wanna i'm not i will the only thing i'll partake in is that the rocco stuff is hysterical <laughs> oh i agree a hundred ten percent but before we get into the matrix resurrections we're gonna spoil the hell out of it i know it's it's been out for a while i'm actually playing it on my television as we speak oh very nice yeah, so there you go there you go it's jada there's uh there's jada so the matrix um resurrections uh the fourth fourth film which makes perfect sense as far as like the whole like out like like kind of in the like title scheme of like the matrix just to call it resurrections obviously outside of the the obvious outside of the obvious is what i was trying to say until the sentence came out weird Mm. but um uh but from also like the sort of biblical things we didn't really talk about that there's a lot of bible stuff not like intentionally but just like imagery wise in in that first one the first i'm sure some of it is intentional like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like it's intentional but I'm, i don't want to assume what the wachowski's religion is no, i guess that's, that's fair i mean yeah yeah that's fair but like no uh they're not subtle but that's you know you respect that and that's i think what i love about this movie because here's the thing like you know I, I don't even want to say that part yet i'm just gonna say i love this movie yeah no that, that was the crazy part is that because obviously just you know as you know we did the whole way we watch these uh, movies and i was kind of nervous going into the fourth one so i was like is he gonna understand this is he gonna get this um because like i'm watching it, i'm like i get all of this for the most part because i've seen the other ones and so we're watching it and this is this is how i sort of built it in my brain how this was going around so initially when we watched the first matrix movie and joey enjoyed it i was like okay maybe he'll watch the sequels and so I suggested it, watching the sequels. And he presented the idea to watch the fourth one. Now, I'm not assuming anything, because clearly, you know, it played out differently. But my initial impression when he said that was him giving himself an excuse not to bother to watch the sequels. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to watch the fourth one, and then maybe I'll watch sequels. Like his way of just saying, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. You know, if you want to do this whole thing, you could have just said whatever, but it's fine. Um, so, so I'm still, like I said, I'm still struggling to get him to watch the scream sequels, but Hey, if it's the same procedure, I'm fine with that. Uh, 
But um, then, and Joey's a, Joey, you might not know this about Joey, but he is an avid user of a little website, a little app, if you will, called Twitter. <laughs> as, as we've insinuated with the, the tweet stuff. Yes. Um, but he's an avid user of that. And I noticed of all the, because like this, this particular movie um, was pretty divisive amongst people, especially people who loved the sequels, the original sequels. And so the only place I've seen a lot of like positive feedback was from Twitter. Uh, just at least for my timeline, it just seems like so many people actually saying like, no resurrections is great. It's so much better than you give it credit for. And, um, I remember Joey actually sending me a lot of those tweets. And so I figured maybe that was sort of like, you know, him, him, him seeing all these tweets, especially like, the way they were describing the movie and him going, you know what? I might actually do this now. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, thank you, Twitter. <laughs> which i don't say much yeah. <laughs> if not if at all but thank you twitter for for uh you know letting this episode exist <laughs> so so he I, joey sent me a picture of himself watching well it's not even he's not in the picture but he sent me a picture of him watching resurrections and i was like can i watch it too <laughs> so <laughs> as as you know it's my it's my my goal in life to just do everything that Joey's doing, but with him. <laughs> it's like, oh, Joey's doing this. Can I do it too? Fine. We're, we're like, uh, uh, you know, we're we're like Frog and Toad, man. <laughs> frog. <laughs> I do like those tweets when you send them to me. It's very I, nice. I because of those tweets, man. I bought the whole like the whole series is like a hardcover, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> that's beautiful i know what you should do for a youtube video just do a reading frog and toad i hope that's legal. <laughs> that would be fun. i hope that's legal that i can do, <laughs> read those stories well, well we could it's probably not but we can figure it out yeah. <laughs> all right maybe i can um, just say top 10 favorite frog and uh, fr- uh frog and toad frog and, <laughs> top 10 frog and toad moments number one it's this right here uh but yes <laughs> um so uh, we ended up watching Resurrections, and without the context, having not seen the sequels, Joey loved it. I loved this movie, and and I think part of it was after seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Ooh. and sorry to I'm sorry to bring that up, but it, you have <laughs> within the context of this, you have to bring that and Spider Man yeah, no Home, yeah, which do. is a mo- Spider Man is a movie I enjoyed. Okay. Um, but this this movie is just like it's so jarring to watch No Way Home and then watch Matrix Resurrections because here's here's the, the gist of it. Now I obviously I haven't seen No Way Home, but I know everything about it as I've stated before. Um, and with and I've I never really got to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife because I think Joey was trying to like keep me from from going on about it. <laughs> I was not a fan. I'll just say that. Um, I had my one take that I mentioned uh, the last time I talked about it, so we'll just leave that there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Paul Fig understood it more. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> it's listen, it's bad enough that we're probably going to be praising Matrix Resurrections. We're going to piss off somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> That's the messed up part. <laughs> but keep going, keep going. Let's, let's yes. continue your thread. So, so um, what but the thing is like watching those movies 
and they sort of feel like like the personification of everything that we get these days, especially from returning franchises or any sort of franchises. This idea of the only thing that can make money is nostalgia. The only thing that can make money is like, oh, do you remember this thing that you loved when you were younger? Or like even, especially like with 80s properties, because so many 80s people are like older now, I guess. Obviously, it's the way aging works. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, um, there's just there's so many things that just feel like nostalgia bait and, you know, justifiable or not, it's just, it's too much. It's just way too much. And again, we, we did a whole episode sort of talking about this a little bit with, uh, one of the earliest episodes we did where we talked about like legacy movies like the like Blade Runner and Mad Max and those are the exceptions because they don't really like you know they're not like beholden to any sort of nostalgia factor hell Harrison Ford doesn't even show up until like the third act of Blade Runner no and what I admire about Blade Runner 2049 is that it creates its own unique imagery and and story like obviously it's set in that world but yeah it's not just we're recycling the same thing. Exactly. So, like, so many of these, like, unfortunately, so many of these nostalgia, quote-unquote, movies that are coming out lately are very much movies that are trying to remind audiences of, like, why the old movie was great. And, you know, they're, like, like, none of them actually, for the most part, seems like they're trying to justify their own existence outside of saying how awesome was blah, 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 you know? So, and that's something I'm sure Warner Brothers would have loved to do with The Matrix more directly, you know, but a lot of Wachowski, who's the only Wachowski on that note who's uh, directed this particular movie, is over here just going, nah, that's, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that, you know, in fact, I'm gonna, you know, retrace my steps and, um, Try to ha- try to be more literal, if you will, with what I was trying to say with the original movies with my sister. So, you know, respect obviously to Lana. It, in a lot of ways, like it does, kind of bring up this whole conversation that you know I've seen in a few different rebuttals to that. Just to throw out a quote unquote devil's advocate approach, um, not that I necessarily agree with it, but uh, the whole idea of like the whole idea of ownership, the whole idea of like you know, like say with like Star Wars, for example. When it when uh, Star Wars gets out there, then the fans feel like they have some some ownership of it because of you know X Y and Z, and so enough and and so a lot of fans feel like they feel some sense of ownership towards the Matrix movie, especially having you know with so much time had having passed between the initial sequels and this one. So there's there's a lot of conversations surrounding that. I'm I'm curious what your take is on that. Like the general perception of like, you know, can 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 someone just come can the author, especially of a movie, come in to a material and just immediately say, "No, you interpreted this wrong." That that's the thing I admire about it is because, you know, before mm-hmm. like people so many people love the Matrix and they took like they took the symbols as how they interpreted them and all that. And yeah. Lana's just kind of taking back <laughs> exactly, that whole yes. shift. It's like no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something here. This, this is what this, this, this is what it means. Okay, Lana, Lana's over here to paraphrase Luke Skywalker. You know, everything you said about the Matrix was wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, again, that's gotcha. just like does is Lana. You know, does Lana have a say in it, I guess? Can the author just come in and say, blah, blah, blah? With anything. I mean, 
art is is an interesting thing because sometimes the artists what the artist thinks sometimes means everything and this is also can mean nothing you know like i think about um you know with with citizen kane where um where so, somebody might interpret like the the scene with the, the declaration of principles as this young man maybe genuinely believing he had principles at one time but orson wells looked at that completely differently and thought my interpretation of that scene was he's full of shit you know like and but but everybody is going to look at something differently like you know as they say a, pic, a, a picture is worth a thousand words and then a moving picture you know forget about it there's so many things you can extra- extrapolate from a movie and even just and even just to throw that us out there as well just the idea that movies by nature are collaborative so like yeah you can say like this person that person did this or that but there's so many people involved with the making of a movie versus say like a book or a painting or something so in that in that context how does that like how do you register sometimes people get a little take it a little too personally sometimes with the things that they love like some not every instance not all these things are equal okay but i i'll admit i've had times where i was like you know wow you pieces of shit you ruined this thing that i that i loved how could you i got one of the big things is george lucas you know where you know when when the the original star wars comes out everybody loves it right and then the prequels come out and there's a whole different reception on those and it's like you know now it's like yeah i don't have to like the movies but it's like those are his movies you know and it's not like because otherwise otherwise you're just talking about fan fiction you know as far as like oh i would have done this this and this this character should have done that and this character should have done that and also people forget too these things are owned by corporations and <laughs> yeah like that that's the other thing too they're beholden to a copyright holder a trademark holder so i think people need to it's hard especially because a lot of these things we watch when we're oh yeah young. like i know you with the matrix you watched it at a at a you know formative enough age i watched you know things like star wars and king kong and indiana jones at a young age so that stuff forms a connection with you but at the same time when you grow up you gotta just sometimes say you know what it's fake sometimes this stuff sometimes this stuff (laughs) it's fake or like i think about the tom holland like the first two tom holland spider-man movies which i'm not Mm. all that crazy about and maybe if i was a younger person and i wasn't crazy about i would have taken that more personally but i'm like you know what they're just not for me that's ultimately what matters like so like i was watching i was watching a couple different videos sort of talking about this making the same point that like you know they they clearly got the what Lana was saying with this movie but it was this, the whole idea of um you know film being a collaborative effort but also like you know death of the author was brought up a few different times and you know just uh the this whole the whole idea of like you know can can the author of something especially a film come back and tell so many different people that their interpretation of something was wrong and what's in in a, in a certain respect that's kind of what this movie's doing but I also think of a lot of the context behind Lana doing this because, again, you know, a lot of it comes from a point of grief and everybody, you know, deals with grief differently. And I think to a certain extent, you can also argue that Resurrections has some elements of dealing with grief. And uh, at the same time, <clears throat> there's just certain there's just I think of the tweet, the the famous the famous tweet 
um, where Elon Musk is like, you know, take the red pill. And then I think one of the Trumps or whatever said they were going to do that. And then I, I think I, I think it was Lily, but I could be wrong. I think it was Lily. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. I think Lily responded with um, fuck you both, <laughs> which in that respect, I'm like, if if people are going to start, it's I think like the Punisher skull thing as well, which like, yes, I was thinking about this as well. The Punisher skull initially when it was made was meant as like a cautionary thing. You know, the character of the Punisher is a cautionary tale. Even the Punisher as the character would tell people, don't be me because I went down the wrong path and now this is what I'm doing with my life. And, you know, you look at all these other Marvel characters in the, in the comics who look at Punisher, not as a hero, but as a villain. I mean, hell the Punisher, when he was first introduced was in fact a villain and it's become one of the more compelling aspects of that character is that, you know, this idea that violence poisons your soul a little bit. And yet we see that, we see that logo, that image constantly being touted by police and military. I mean, Chris Kyle famously wore it. Um, and he's, you know, he's the American sniper and even like, uh, more like racist police groups are using the, the Punisher skull with the American flag in it as, as their way of saying like, don't mess with us. And it's like, it's such the opposite feeling of what that what that image means, and so in that respect, I also understand why the creators of the Punisher and the that logo would be pissed off. And now Marvel's just got a whole new logo for the Punisher. Yeah, you know, I I was also thinking about. Do you remember the case of that one kid who, um, the case of the one kid where they wanted to have the Spider Man like Spider Man on their tombstone? Do you remember that? I don't. I, but, you know, Disney was like, quickly, no, we don't want any of our characters associated with a tombstone. And I think I think it's just kind of a funny thing because obviously they're making this change, they're doing this change with the Punisher or whatever, the storyline. And I th- they, ha- have they really done anything no. as far as a response to people? So um, this is a Disney, this is a very, this is a very um, unsubtle uh, fuck you. Uh, because, as I said, not all of these things are created equal because there's one thing to have a child where Spider-Man is a character. And like I said, these things, like, and again, this is a child. Where this character this is a, a child who unfortunately lost their life. And um, I just want to double check. I'm going to double check the story too later, so I'm not. But like, yeah, right. Um, this child, where this character means a whole hell of a lot to them. They just want it on their on their tombstone. And I guess as a rights holder, I get why you wouldn't want a character associated with with death but at the same time you have this you have this other thing which is whole a whole lot worse it's like significantly worse (laughs) it's it's become a symbol for like a a hate group amongst a group of like people that are supposed to protect people yeah um so like in that instance with that type of context not that you know a lot of the reception of Matrix is near that same level. Well, it kind of is. Um, I completely understand why Lana would come back and be like, no, this is what it means. And again, the lack of subtlety is is beautiful. Even but, uh, like the meta textual stuff is fantastic. Yeah, so we, we talk a lot about a great things, but we haven't talked too much about the film proper, so I want to get into that. And yeah. I think that was the, like the first act of this movie was just so amazing, especially when they're at, like, the... Because at this point... It's like, it's it starts off 
with the new characters, Jessica Henwick, by the way, top tier. She needs more work for crying out loud. Even if her character's name is Bugs and there's a Warner Brothers connect, I don't care. It's a cool name. Um, but we see that our, our one of our new characters literally watching like almost a recreation of the first scene of The Matrix. So, <laughs> I mean, again, not subtle. And, but but even beyond that, because we know like Thomas Anderson, um, you know Keanu Neo's Richard, fake Neo's uh, you know name. his name in the, his dead name, yes, yeah, um, and he is a game developer who created the Matrix trilogy <laughs> for Deus Machina, which again I didn't know was the name of the robot baby face thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> revolutions and now i'm like oh my god and i found out you know what i found out because I, I had subtitles because mm. <laughs> it said deus machina what do you want uh, yeah subtitles are important <laughs> folks um but it's just crazy I, I just love that like he's being dragged in to make another matrix game <laughs> by warner brothers by their parent company warner brothers and that's i feel like that's the point that is the point where this movie is either for you or you're just going to or... be angry for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Hundred, I agree 250 billion percent. Um, and, and, that, and just like them like spouting ideas and all of like the different things that they've said that the Matrix has represented. <laughs> My favorite one is bullet time. <laughs> and the one guy goes, that's two words. <laughs> I'm going to say it in one word. Bullet time. Oh my god. But that whole thing is just is just so crazy. Um, we get a nice cameo from Christina Ricci. Yes. Love it. Love seeing her. I love um the coffee shop scenes with um with Neo Trinity. And Trinity with Neo and Trinity. Uh, and their tiny little cups. Yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's so oh I think this is where their chemistry is the best amongst yeah. all. Not that their chemistry wasn't any good in the other ones, but it's like after so many years, they're still so good together. Mm-hmm. And they like people talk about like Keanu not aging. I mean, Carrie Ann Moss, like I don't know what her like procedure, like her her workout or whatever. I, well, I don't know what she does, but I would like notes. I'd yeah. like a dossier, a whole book, if 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 you will. Carrie Ann Moss, if you're a listener at all, which you probably aren't, but if you are at any point uh, of the show's existence, um, we love you, and I would like to know your secret. Mm. Yes. So, the the like the, like their chemistry, I think, is is really good, and I actually I care about them, and yeah, I, I, I'm like you know it's it, it's it, and I think it that helps the stakes of these things because there's so many movies out there that are about like the end of a civilization or the end of the world. Right. And I know Pete and I said, this mm-hmm. before, I know people are tired of like love stories, but I'm like, I need another reason to care about people. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic story all the time, but a romantic story, especially a well-crafted one with good chemistry and all that is a very good way to do it. And it's also a beautiful way to handle what is otherwise a big science fiction, almost $200 million tentpole <laughs> movie. I, yes, I agree. hundred, hundred and twenty-five trillion. I'm going to go up this time. Uh, um, but, but ju- you just got ahead of, like, like bugs is, is such a great character. Um, it's such a, such a, again, Jessica Henwick needs to be in more stuff. I agree. Like, I've I've seen her in a handful of things. Like obviously she was on Iron Fist, 
Game which, of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones. Though she wasn't one of the more prominent sisters, I believe, of the, like, she's like one of the assassins or whatever, right? She's one of, oh, she's one of the Sand Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing I could think of her being in was a movie called Underwater, which uh, had uh, Kristen Stewart in it. She was also in Force Awakens. She was. I, again, and it's it's, uh, it's so many brief moments. I also hate that she had she had to choose between Shang Chi and Matrix. Yeah, like, that kind of yeah. I love all the people in Shang Chi, which I think is a really is a really fun time. I wish you could have been in both. Like, that like would, that listen, been, don't. <laughs> Don't 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 deprive us of 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 our Jessica Henwick time. <laughs> we we need it because again she's fantastic and she's great. She's essentially the outside of Neo and Trinity the main character amongst the new ones because she's the captain of the of the new ship, and she also has my favorite look. She has I love her sunglasses, but that's a whole other thing. The, the, blue, um, the blue hair is nice. The blue hair is very nice. Um, but her, um, Bugs's whole whole character arc is essentially she's trying to find Neo, and she's trying to bring him back because she's she very much believes that um, more minds, I believe sh- more minds should be freed from the Matrix. But um, Niobe, one of our one of our returning characters from the original trilogy, is more kind of standoffish from that idea, and so I. I um, I probably should have watched Resurrections in full before doing this. I'm just trying to remember everything like off off the cuff. Well, you know, they they bring they bring Neo back basically. Like he yeah. and he is just so confused and shocked. He's like, "I thought I was dead." <laughs> yeah, like there there's that um you know, I the oh, you know who's great, really great. Um did we mention more the new Morpheus? Um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Abdul Mateen second. No, he's great. Um, he's so good. I, I love, I love him in in the movie. He's, he listen. He's been in so many great things lately. I mean, and he's always good. And so, like, he was, uh, he was in uh, Aquaman, Watchmen. Aquaman, Watchmen. Um, he was in Candyman in the mm-hmm. new Candyman movie. He's very good in that. Um, I'm just and like he like more more of him too. Yeah, I agree. He also had a great outfit. Like I love the like the purple, like the, the it's, it's sort of a different purple because he's still Morpheus. But like, because like there was a point in the in the original movies that you were like, every time I see Morpheus in his purple pants, I think of the Joker. But it's so funny because he but because this Morpheus wears an outfit that makes me think of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. <laughs> That's that was that was a subtle reference from uh warner brothers side they're like listen you could be on subtle we'll be, we'll be this, subtle. this is this is technically warner brothers space jam 3 because we got bugs and we got the joker <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you know who else is really good in this and i was actually kind of uh, amazed was neil patrick harris he's my he's besides potentially uh jessica henwick and, and and obviously neo and trinity who are just incredible together as always um keanu reeves and Karen moss like Neil Patrick Harris is incredible in this movie because like okay so the general gist just just to kind of spell the, the plot out of this movie so when we first see Neo again he's trapped in the Matrix and 
he's purposefully being fed blue pills so that he can continuously think that his reality is real. He doesn't even think himself Neo anymore. He's back to being Thomas Anderson and living a boring life. And even Trinity is not Trinity anymore. She's Tiffany. And she's got a family. And her husband is the director of the John Wick movies, which is fu- which, funny enough is actually the case. They never outright say it's, you know, Chad Stahelski, the director of the John Wick movies, but his name is Chad. (laughs) So, I'm just assuming it's, you know, but anyway. um, So, uh, one way that they're doing this, essentially, is Neil Patrick Harris, who's kind of the the new architect, if you will. He's the analyst, is his his character's um, moniker. uh, Basically, he plays thomas anderson's therapist and trying to continuously tell him none of this is real the matrix isn't real this isn't real which is him just essentially lying to neo this whole time that everything that he initially believed was true is not i actually i remember some like someone theorizing that the reason he wears blue glasses was to emphasize the blue effect right a little bit so they never really outright say it but i i like i think it's a good headcanon thing Mm mm-hmm um, so I, I like to think that. Plus, like, and it, I think it further solidifies when he takes the glasses off and just chucks them. He's like, well, shit. <laughs> I don't yeah. need these anymore. Um, but he's so good, and he's so, like, sinister. And I love... I, I think it's so ingenious the way they utilize the, the, the quote-unquote bullet time aspects. Yes, yes. Like, that initial reveal scene is so damn good. I just passed it, actually, because I'm watching the movie sort of as we're talking. Um, where basically Neo wants to go talk to Trinity, um, and try to, you know, rescue her from the Matrix, because that's Neo's whole goal. Um, and Neo Patrick Harris essentially slows time, slows time down to, like, a millisecond, and he's the only one that can move freely through it. And it's, it's so ingenious, and the way that they, the way that it's filmed is kind of incredible, too. Like, how they're able to do everything. Uh, it's so good. And we got to mention, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Groff. I was going to try to think of his characters from Hamilton or Frozen, but I couldn't. (laughs) Christoph, King George III. There you go. You would know. (laughs) You you would know. You'll be back in the Matrix. (laughs) Lost in the Matrix. But instead, instead of like a bunch of reindeer dancing, it's a bunch of deja vu cats dancing. <laughs> Just... That would be funny. You're my only landmark, cause I'm lost in the matrix. I can't find Zion. Where is Trinity? Uh, anyway. But it's so uh, perfect because it's like there's so many scenes where it's just like Trinity is this close. Because that's the genius thing is like it's it's that it's not just that Neo's important. It's that they're both important. Neo and yes. Trinity. Their relationship, their bond is important. Wove is important, guys. Okay? Listen, we need to love more, more, more people. Okay? Listen. <laughs> Listen to me. no but yeah that was that was by far like the best because again it's it's lana going these movies be about love that's what it is listen listen up um Um, uh, speaking like i also want to say i think the one thing that people have talked about i think uh is the action sequences in this movie yeah because i mean we talked about it obviously matrix is known for 
the sort of choreographed like kind of um kung fu action scene similar to like crouching tiger type stuff or anything like that you know which we ha- i'm surprised we haven't talked about uh movies like that yet but i'm sure i'm sure it's on the docket at some point <laughs> um hold on but um <clears throat> with this one again and i think a lot of it is intentional if i'm being honest because you also have to remember they re- they basically rebooted the matrix at the end of the initial trilogy so it's not going to be exact either way like kinetic like um canonically speaking whatever the word is within can yeah thank you canonically speaking um but at the same time like so many people i'm sure were expecting the fight scenes to be on that same level and i mean i think the fight scenes are well done but they're just shot differently they're choreographed a little differently they're not near the same and so to a certain extent so many people have have complained a lot about that and I mean, to a certain extent, I agree, but at the same time, like, I don't look at the fight scenes and immediately go, it wasn't, it wasn't my main draw for this movie. It was more about the character relationships. I did like the final, like, big action, like, sequence with, like, the motorcycle chase. When the people started jumping out of the freaking buildings. Oh my gosh. I know people have, like, (laughs) have have, uh, critiqued that scene, um, as well with people being used as weapons by just dropping to their deaths. But, you know, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. But, I, I mean, and again, I, I look at the other movies where the action scenes, yeah, I'll admit they might look better, and there, there's maybe on a visceral level they're more exciting, but I don't really care about anybody. Whereas in, the, in this movie, I'm like, oh, is Trinity and Neo, are they going to be okay? Is Bugs going to yeah. make it out of this? You know, is is, is weird graphite-looking morpheus digital code version of him (laughs) gotta be okay like that that's the ultimate thing i think with any action movie is that you have to like that's with any movie really like if you don't care about what's going on then you know nothing's gonna work for you yeah like like you can have the best of the best of the best as far as like um like fight choreography or cinematography or anything like that you know, like I think of, I think of Man of Steel a little bit. Like it had freaking Hans Zimmer with that incredible score. Like you had some great visual moments, but if you're someone watching that movie that doesn't care about this version of Superman, it, nothing's gonna work for you. Yeah, it's like the moment you stop caring is the moment the movie fails to work for you. I think that's the that's the case with anything. Um, so with this one, like I think you do end up caring a lot more about everybody involved and especially Neo and Trinity and, and the romance and the love and the relationship and wanting them to get out. You want Neo to, to, to free Trinity from the matrix's grasp. Um, it just works so much better. And yeah, maybe the fight scenes aren't on the, on the same level, but that doesn't mean they're not in their own right. Good or well done. You know, it might not be exactly what you remember, but that's kind of what that's kind of what I liked about this movie is that they intentionally it felt like didn't do it like how you remember like we were talking about you know the whole idea of just essentially avoiding the nostalgia trip a little bit I mean obviously there's a lot of callbacks like you know the white rabbit shows up again um you know all these different like references I you know obviously Keanu says I still know kung fu <laughs> which you know it's fun yeah. Um, but at the same time, 
And again, I think that's where a lot of the sort of muddled perception that people have comes from as well as the idea that like they get what they're trying to say, but how well are they saying it, I guess, like the execution of it. But I think for me personally, like I, I felt more invested and I wanted Neo and Trinity to be together. And like, while I wasn't as thrilled with the fight scenes, I still enjoyed every second of myself watching this. And I, I, I definitely, like, especially towards the end of it all, I felt like I had sort of that same sort of feeling I think a lot of people had, but I didn't have it near as much, like, because I kept thinking, there was a lot I liked about this, but it just doesn't feel the same. But then, like, you, but then once you get past that, you're like, is that a bad thing? And it's, I mean, it's not. No, I mean, and again, coming from my end of things, like, this was the second, like, literally the second Matrix movie I ever watched, because I didn't watch the other <laughs> until later. You know, so I didn't have, like, that, the baggage. I just watched the first one and thought it was a pretty good movie. And I watched yeah. this one, and I'm like, there's so much about it that works. And it's also kind of amazing how much of it does work if you're not, um, like, obviously, it's like, okay, who is this Niobe lady? But they explain that adequately well. They, yeah. They explain it adequately enough where I'm like, okay, I can still follow this. It's not like where the Merovingian comes in to reload <laughs> I, all right, I'm done. And speaking of which, the Merovingian in this is used very well because he's a Jumanji. This is, this, <laughs> this is Jumanji. your favorite Merovingian. It is. It's just it's like Robin Williams, and it, it's, it makes it like the reboots where it's like it's tw- it's uh, 2021. There's a new Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. There's a Matrix movie. What year is it? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> And it's literally just the Merovingian. No, speaking of Robin Williams, you could also say he's kind of like a Fisher King character. Yeah, that too. He's like a combination of Fisher King and, and, and Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> it's disappointing. Lana should have had him fight a lion. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity, Lana. It's one of few, which is very few. No, they really should have had his Neil Patrick Harris dressed up as like in a pit helmet, like a dress was like an old school hunter guy hunting down Neo and Trinity. <laughs> you didn't roll the dice. You didn't jack into the Matrix. <laughs> Neo did. <laughs> but he goes on this whole thing about like like franchises and like art. <laughs> like like he's in a lot of ways I think the Merovingian sort of become became like the fans that I think the Wachowski sort of preemptively were like, people are gonna hate this movie. Yeah. Or um Lana, pardon me. Mm-hmm. And so the Merovingian in so many respects feels like that angry fan that's watch that's like watching this movie going, This is not the Matrix? What the fuck? It's, the, it's not where's the green tint where's where's the where's the choreographed fight scenes neo's not even wearing sunglasses <laughs> at night <laughs> and like obviously i i'm sure a big like drawback too is like the fact that major characters are played by whole new people like morpheus i mean it's not even technically morpheus it's like an like um gaia abdul mateen uh, the second's character, as he states, is he's a program in the Matrix, but he's he has sentience, and right. he was created by Neo, and he he's basically a combination of Agent Smith and Morpheus. And then um, the new Matrix was made. Agent Smith was recreated, and he was recreated to look like Kristoff, uh, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Which which is like they again 
they are not subtle about letting you know that this is Agent Smith. Like, literally, the first time we see Jonathan Groff, he's quoting um, Hugo Weaving and doing a Hugo Weaving impression. <laughs> People are just living their lives. I think it's, I think that's the line. But, um, and then following that, like, um, he says he says a line, something like, um, you, you likened the first time we ever met to a police interrogation. And then they cut to yep. the scene in the first Matrix yep. <laughs> where he and... So it's like, again, they're not subtle about this being uh being what it is and so again you you wholly respect that um i guess we're i guess to a certain extent we're just trying to understand and it's not hard to understand why people would have a dissatisfaction for this movie but given the the climate that we live in with all the types of movies that we have this movie felt like such a welcome you know like because it's a legacy sequel that only cares about one thing and that's that's love Mm -hmm. like yeah it wants to be a fun cool science fiction scene after one cool science fiction scene but the main focus wholeheartedly is neo and trinity and you know it's not trying to like be a bigger movie it's not trying to be like a wilder sequel it's not trying to have eight billion fight sequences in fact like i don't think there's even a fight sequence like a legitimate fight sequence until well into the movie. I mean, there's a chase scene at the very beginning, but that's kind of it. And so, I don't know, like, it's just, there's something that just hits different about this one. And you can make all the arguments you want. And to a certain extent, like every, every, I mean, none of them aren't valid, I'm sure. But at the same time, like I look at this and I, I I think I can speak for you as well. And that this is, this is the kind of movie in a landscape that we, that we kind of needed. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely with you on that one. Like, I can't stop thinking about this movie. It's one of those movies where I don't it wasn't one like my favorite, but it was like a movie where I'm like I'm so fascinated by it and it is mm-hmm. so it is such an interesting movie and I feel like years later we're going to look back at this era in filmmaking and movies and franchises and also look at this movie and go, "Huh. This movie dared to say I hate myself." <laughs> a little bit oh man i like and just listen like i think also part of it too is just like how many movies out there how many times can like you say a director gets to spend 200 million dollars and have like a middle finger at the company that gave them 200 million dollars <laughs> it's listen i that's why i think i think i just latch more now onto movies that are just you know, big budget movies or any sort of budget movies from like certain directors that are just like, okay, go do what you want, mm-hmm. <laughs> which includes giving a big, big middle finger. I think that's why I love Malignant as much as I did because James Wan, you know, having been one of arguably one of the highest like money makers for Warner Brothers with the Conjuring movies, he made Aquaman a billion dollars. Um, so I mean, here's James Wan with all this good faith, just like. Um, Warner Brothers going, here's some money, make what you want, and he makes this like ridiculous, over the top, like horror movie. That's as he as he described it is the kind of horror movie that you would see at a video store in like the 80s or 90s, and just look at the cover and go, "Ooh, this looks interesting," and then watch yeah. it and be like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you wholeheartedly respect that. I'm, res- I think I respect that more now than I ever have. And so, seeing this movie, um, first off, I gotta, I gotta, bravo to Lana. Cause this is this is great. I genuinely love this movie. 
Um, I am thoroughly excited to own it on home video in 4K, especially because like it's so oversaturated in the best way, and it feels like a weird in in my brain. It feels like a knock at Marvel <laughs> because Marvels feel so desaturated at times. Yeah. And so, like, you're watching this movie, and like the blues are so blue, the 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 contrast with the greens. Like, anytime we're in the freaking ship, and there's like a blue hue, kind of like a blue smokish hue, yeah. kind of going around, and then you see like the the screens with the matrix code going on it, mm-hmm. and like specks of red. Ugh. yeah, I love it so much. This should be a th- listen. Where's Matrix Land? <laughs> I want to I want to visit IO at a theme park. <laughs> Just a rated, a rated, a themed land based on an R-rated movie. Yeah, there's no nudity. There's like a couple fucks dropped. It's yeah. a very, it's a very uh, tame R-rated. There's not even a lot of blood. No, there isn't. It's all good, <laughs> you know. But I'm, now I'm just getting distracted as I'm because the movie's playing next to me. But no, this this is this is genuinely a great movie, and obviously more in more respects than one. But ultimately, it's great because it dares to like question its own existence in a, in a certain extent, and also question the existence of other movies like it. So, and I think obviously there's a lot of disdain for it because of that. But it's but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. I just. I just I had a great time with it, honestly. There's a there's been a couple movies this year where like the reception's been weird, and it's like I'm like I like this thing. <laughs> Everything's the Last Jedi. Everything's I, I think about Eternals as well. Oh my god, I just watched that recently, and I, I can't wait till we talk about that on the on the show. Like it is. It, especially in 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 a year the year that we've had with Marvel, it's such a unique um a unique beast mm-hmm. but it's and it's it's i liked i thought it was great honestly mm-hmm. i loved it when i watched it well matrix resurrections folks what are your thoughts on the matrix sequels old and new uh do where do you like... where do you lie on the where do you lie on the discussion of this well, yeah where where are you you know um well don't tell us your actual location but i mean where are you in the <laughs> matrix uh spectrum of things and when we say that, we don't mean like where is your body plugged into a a pink pool of goo. No, like metaphorically, I guess. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> uh, well, that about wraps it up. Check us out next time on Two Dudes One Double Feature. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And stay tuned in two weeks for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
listen, we need to love more, more, more people. Okay, listen.